0: Before we begin, I want to thank the sponsor of Oil & Gas Upstream, Oliva Gibbs. Oliva Gibbs provides clear legal solutions to complex oil, gas, and mineral law issues nationwide. We believe that when we focus on serving people, good things happen in the lives of our clients and employees. We just happen to be a law firm. Learn more at oglawyers.com oil and gas production is the union of natural systems with advanced science and complex engineering smart people across the globe create this remarkable place we call upstream and each day brings a new challenge this is the oil
1: and gas upstream podcast where we look at how these systems come together and learn from the people who make it happen
0: Welcome to Oil & Gas Upstream. I'm Elena Milkert, your host. Some of you know me as the former director for Oil & Gas Upstream Research at the U.S. Department of Energy. I retired from the DOE, founded a small consultancy, and became a podcast host. Let me shout out to our sponsor, Oliva Gibbs, who provides legal, clear legal solutions to complex oil, gas, and mineral law issues nationwide. You can learn more at oglawyers.com. And let me ask you to do a big favor by answering a one-question survey. It takes about 10 seconds, and the link is in the show notes below. In return, we will happily send you some stickers. Also, OGGN has launched a weekly newsletter called The Sunday Update. Subscribe to get oil and gas insights, behind-the-scenes look at OGGN, and coupon codes delivered to your inbox every Sunday. My favorite part of the newsletter is that I see a little story, a one-minute two-minute story on prices, what happened last week and what we think might happen uh, coming down the pike. Uh, Finally, I'd like you to go to OGGN website and take a look at the new merchandise that's available now. Even pick up the Oil & Gas Upstream t-shirt that reminds us that only the bit finds oil. Link is in the show notes. And now I'd like to introduce today's guest, James Campos, Commonwealth of Virginia, Deputy Secretary of Commerce and Trade, and that includes Energy and Rural Development. Hi, James, thanks for being with us. Delana, Hello,
1: it's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So let me do a brief a bio for you, which is um, you know really interesting. Uh, James Campos, Virginia Deputy Secretary of Com- Commerce and Trade, former Assistant Secretary, Office of Economic Impact and Diversity at the. US Department of Energy, Principal Managing Partner and Founder of Right Energy Group and Right Energy Services. And your education... Includes University of Maryland with a B.A. in History and a Master's in Management Operations, George Washington University School of Business, University of Glasgow Adam Smith Business School for your MBA, University of Oxford in England, Georgetown University, McDonough School of Business, Cornell University, and Stanford University. Thank you, James. Wow, what a background. Thanks for being us today.
1: No, it's an honor. Thank you for uh, inviting me.
0: Yeah. So, James, tell us about your work and how it's related to energy uh, for Governor Young.
1: Absolutely. So, I-, I wear several hats for the Young administration, but the one we're referencing today is what I'm doing in the energy side. So, one, one of my hats is working uh, throughout ed- throughout Virginia for energy development, energy production, and innovation, um, and focusing on the rural uh, part of Virginia, but, uh, but also holistically throughout the state. Uh, it's Virginia is is one of our uh, bigger uh, consumption states in in the Union, and it's also uh, home of the deepest uh, uh, natural uh, um, harbor with Norfolk, and we have a, a great deal of commerce because of that and because of the development of uh, Northern Virginia and all the uh, needs of energy, which is great with the data centers and, uh, and just the overall development. So uh, energy is a big issue for, for this administration and, and it's a big issue for Virginia.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we don't have uh, oil production here in Virginia, but we might have some natural gas production. We do have
1: have some natural gas production here in Virginia, and, uh, you know, Virginia is dependent on natural gas. Uh, Seventy-four percent of our homes are fueled uh, by natural gas for heating and we, uh, we have a lack of perhaps enough natural gas and especially just having two, two pipelines that come into Virginia uh, from Texas, Louisiana, um, there's certainly a capacity uh, you know, uh, issue or concern there. But, um, so w- we do use uh, 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 fossil-based fuels for a lot of the, uh, just a lot of the uh, commerce and, and heating here in Virginia
0: right right well our our listeners are you know worldwide actually and um, it's not often that we have someone um, with your responsibilities uh, on the uh, podcast. Tell us a little bit about energy and oil and gas in Virginia and some of the issues that we're, that we're facing, that we're talking about, that you work on, that you address, things that it, uh, obviously that excite you about the
1: work that you do. Yeah, sure, you know, there, there's so much going on in the, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We have, first of all, a, a tremendous governor leading the, uh, the state. And he's an all the above uh, energy governor so it's it's all in the mix it's it's he understands the pragmatic sensible and uh, market driven uh, energy need policies uh, for a state like Virginia who's grow which is growing our population hasn't uh, it's it's pretty much uh, in a state of growth that we we do uh, just like most of the United States have had a lot of population shift more down towards the southern states in the United States, but Virginia is uh, is one that's net-growing as of this year. Uh, but also, uh, it's in the business side. Northern Virginia, for example, we have a lot of new businesses, new industries that are moving in uh, to northern Virginia based upon its proximity to uh, D.C., but also based upon the educational level that's in northern Virginia and just the growth of, of uh, the government and non-government sectors um, in Northern Virginia, which includes a lot of uh, private entities or uh, commercial entities uh, involving uh, data centers which uh, some of your listeners may know take up a lot of energy and energy use for, uh, uh, for that particular um, industry so there's a lot happening truly happening in Northern Virginia but then we have what we call the Crescent which goes all the way down to the North Fork region of Virginia and North Fork as I told you is our deepest uh, deep, deepest port in uh, North America well I take that back actually it's, it's the second deepest to see a Cortez but in the United States in North America, it's the deepest port. And uh, it's also the, the home of our uh, largest naval base. You know, the two big naval bases are three, you know, there's one in Hawaii, there's one in San Diego, and then on the east side, the east coast, it's North Fork, and that's the largest. So we have a lot that's happening within Virginia, but then we have great regions in the, in the south, in the southwest. Uh, southwest is considered the Appalachian part of uh, Virginia, and then the south. Or what some people refer to as the South Side in Virginia, which is growing, and uh, it's a beautiful area that consists of a lot of natural resources, but also a lot of potential growth um, and a lot of opportunities for for folks that necessarily don't want to pay the the high cost of living in other more urban-based uh, areas, but want... want uh, the, the comforts of life, you know, the comforts of uh, different amenities, so these, these areas really offer that and it's a, it's a great you know, uh, place to, to see for your viewers that they haven't, but also to explore uh, what Virginia has to offer, which is, it, which is more than people realize, and it's a bigger state than people realize. I'll give you an example, it's based on the, uh, obviously it's an east coast, one of the original 13 colonies, but if you go to the furthest part, on the west part of uh, Virginia, it's actually a little west of Detroit. So, pe- oh. people. Don't,
0: I guess I didn't yeah, realize that. People don't
1: realize, you know, how West Virginia actually goes when you look at a map. But it's it's a it's such a beautiful state. So it's an honor to work for this governor and for the Commonwealth of Virginia.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's a lot of uh, nuance uh, with respect to energy in your story there. For example, the largest, uh, the deepest natural harbor, and being such an important and strategic. Port in the East Coast. So I started my career with the Department of Energy um, as part of a production out in Bakersfield, related to the Naval Petroleum Reserve in California, yeah. and it was uh, you know established by the Navy in like the 20s, I think, um, in order to ensure that the Navy had the oil that it needed yeah. for you know for ships and and the like and uh so so here we are you know in virginia and i didn't realize that this was such an important area with respect to that i'm from california so i know san diego um but but uh so you at the department of energy and all of your background um there and your exposure how has that as well as your education brought you to this point with respect to energy policy in virginia I
1: i think all of it combined really nicely uh my tenure um at the, D- at the Department of Energy. And even prior, uh, I lived in uh, Nevada for 17 years prior to the DOE. So I knew Bakersfield very well. Joe drove, drove, uh, mm-hmm. passed it many times going to uh, to California but, uh, or to L.A. in that region of California. Uh, you know, working in the department, you know, really provided me with a holistic, you know, energy view uh, on policy and, and just... Uh, um, the general workings of how important energy is to our country, how energy is the our economy, how everything is is spurred by energy. Uh, you know, we we know that uh, in in a sense, but you don't. You get a really deeper understanding working with the professionals at the Department of Energy and understanding how each particular. Tapestry of energy works and interplays with 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 our lights being turned on, with our you know, with our national security issues, with everything that you can possibly imagine. You know, the department brings it home, and I, and you get to understand and and my ability to travel throughout the United States during this time. You know, from Alaska. Uh, down to the, to the southernmost part of California and Florida and the Midwest and understanding our power our power uh, administrations and, and how those how the grid works and how important the interplay is with the the various uh, local uh, power generation centers. Uh, understanding how important oil and gas is to our economy. Understanding uh, you know the dynamics you know at play. Understanding renewables. Understanding how important that, that eventual. Uh, growing transition will be for our our uh, economy and for our national security, but understanding how everything plays together and why I'm mentioning that, and I'm sure your viewers are uh, quite aware of the importance of all the energy sources, but why I'm mentioning it is Virginia. You know, Virginia is a, a micro example of the whole United States, of course, like every state is, but in Virginia, yeah, you have all these things at play and you have a need for all energies because we are at a energy deficit. We need more energy in Virginia, especially with all the growth that we're we're seeing in Northern Virginia the data centers, um, the the amount of load that they require, and how we're producing that energy. Um, and then how renewables play in a, a part of it, but intermittent energy is not the answer always, and we need that constant reliable energy. So how uh, fossil fuels play a part in this and how also you know, new technologies like hydrogen and what that would look like, you know, and what color hydrogen and the fights that you have with the different, you know, colors, green, blue, gray, you know, and pink for nuclear, but also... How turquoise.
0: Turquoise. <laughs> seen the yeah, turquoise. I,
1: happen have, I happen to sit on the... Uh, the uh, National or well, the Hydrogen National uh, Association, and so I, you know, uh, I, I get an earful and understanding sitting on their board, you know, on hydrogen issues and all the colors of the rainbow, uh, and how that plays and how you know it's more practical to use uh, production of hydrogen through through natural gas. Versus uh, green forms and the expense factor of that, but then the progression of it. But in Virginia is a state that needs it all, and then you have the SMR, or the AMRs, the nuclear, you know, modular reactors, and the importance of that and how it all is in place. So Virginia really is a state that uses and will need to use it all in the future to sustain its uh, its economy, but also to promote the growth in its economy. Virginia is. Um, is a wonderful state because of its location, uh, and because of the folks that live here and and the leadership. And it's uh, it's I I project, and I've lived in a few states myself, Elena, and uh, this is the uh, fourth governor I've worked for, uh, so. Um, I understand the dynamics and play of energy and working the DOE, doing the work I did in Nevada in the past where I was a regulator in co-ops and worked in energy in Nevada as well, and now coming to Virginia and, and seeing it all here as well, but actually being it magnified or, you know, of greater importance because of all the, the really important national, you know, um, um, I would say national um, bearings that Virginia has. Um, You know, it's really, uh, I'm very fortunate to have had the past experience to bring forth to Virginia.
0: Absolutely. And uh, you've mentioned, you know, a few different forms, uh, you know, the oil and gas upstream arena as part of the oil and gas value chain. Um, depends on petroleum engineers mm-hmm. doing their work and, and being able being masters of the subsurface or subject matter experts of the subsurface. And now that um, expertise is being called upon for geothermal subsurface, um, for carbon storage subsurface, and uh, energy storage, hydrogen storage, all in the subsurface. And there's no other uh, comprehensive skill set that's taught in schools with respect to <laughs> subsurface except through the petroleum engineering curriculum. So, w- so you know, we're, we're seeing a, a new um, uh, opportunities for petroleum engineers, and we're hoping that young people will continue to major that, see that the opportunities are not just limited to oil and gas. While it is petroleum engineering, and and will be, um, continue to be, uh, there are other uh, subsurface applications that benefit from, from that uh, that learning and that experience. Oh, ab- so. I mean,
1: Absolutely, and even while at the DOE, a big part of my portfolio was education and STEM education, obviously. So understanding the need for that workforce uh, and that pipeline and where it comes from, as you mentioned, from the petroleum industry. And I understand how important that is uh, in Virginia, we also have CCUS here. Uh, we have we have salt caverns in Virginia. Uh, talking about storage of uh, of methane and other gases, we we uh, we really have a, a great mix here. Except for we have no drilling in Virginia, but we do have natural gas um, uh, pockets, and we also have a lot of coal, as you probably know. But you know, in that transition of of uh, of uh, becoming. Um, Uh, using more of a tapestry of energy sources has seen a reduction in coal use, but still very prevalent uh, within Virginia. So, yeah, but I couldn't agree with you more um, that the education that we're getting, or the the, the folks coming from the petroleum industry, how much they do help, and they would be a big part of, obviously, whatever transition exists with, with hydrogen. You know, obviously there's different. Right. You know, dealing with the world's smallest molecule or the universe's smallest molecule is is a, a little difficult, a little different than than uh, natural gas. You know, and the pipes have to be differently uh, fitted and so forth, and the corrosion issues. But you know, those engineers are going to be invaluable for for that for that for that sort of transition, if you call it that.
0: Excellent. Yes. Yes. And I also know that you're very active in the. Um, uh, greater Washington area, the Virginia, Maryland, D.C. metro area with respect to energy and others. Um, last year, uh, you were part of the leadership of putting on a the first um, energy summit sponsored by the Magi- the Maryland Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Tell us a little bit about that experience and, and how you'll be able to bring in the various um, energy sectors for that summit. Sure,
1: absolutely. So I was... Um Appointed the uh, the chair of energy for the uh, Maryland Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and uh, part of my private side, I had a company uh, called Leaders in Energy, and we did various uh, energy summits in California, and in Texas, and in and, uh, and in Washington State, and um, in Arizona. So we were gonna do one on the East Coast, and. Uh, uh, when I got appointed to this position, we decided to do one in Maryland and sort of, you know, bring in people from all across that, the, uh, the metropolitan area, the DMV. And uh, it turned out to be uh, very successful. Uh, and, uh, of course, that uh, you were also there, so we were appreciative of your of your knowledge and, and and of what you spoke on and it was it was on fossil based fuels and we really appreciate that we had you as the thought leader so thank you elena for, for you.
0: yeah and it was a yes. lot of fun a thank lot of fun for, great conversation and it,
1: we actually we didn't know what the turnout would be like and it turned out to be a lot better than we thought in terms of online especially it was still sort of COVID ish you know, and people are still a little bit, right. you know, hampered uh, or at least uh, timid on, on being in public settings. But we had around two hundred people, and uh, uh, we had a we had a really a lot online, and it turned to be a great, great event with some really great speakers. Uh, the a former Deputy Secretary of Energy was uh, was there, uh, Mark, the honorable Mark Menzies. We had. Uh, the Honorable Ted Gärderich have nuclear energy and, and international affairs for the Department of Energy. We had a head of Hydrogen Association Alliance. We had a lot of great speakers. So this year, uh, I was asked to do an uh, event again, and uh, uh, but I had different capacity. I went back into government, so to speak. Now, no, not so to speak. So, right. You know, literally went back into government. Actually, yeah, actually yeah. Went back into government, <laughs> and so i working for uh for this uh, great governor in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Well, when they asked me. I, I said, well, you know, I don't mind, my, ch- my job's changed a little bit, and uh, I really shouldn't be, uh, I should focus on uh, an event in Virginia. And they said, absolutely, let's do it in Virginia. So when this happened, I said, well, why don't we combine different chambers? Let's combine the Virginia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and let's, let's bring in the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and let's bring in different organizations, uh, and then I will uh, go ahead and get the, uh, the governor. To headline speak at the event since he's so prolific and been outspoken about energy and energy policy and and uh, various things like the, all the above energy uh, program and also the moonshot which is the AMR SMR you know initiative for Virginia and I said it would be a great opportunity for him to speak and I said let me let me let me also arrange that so sort of grew, grew from that and now we have uh, uh, a great lineup of speakers again uh, one is uh,
0: and this is for the second uh, yes. energy this is summit, the second, I guess, in and the DMV. Correct, in
1: the DMV area. It, it, it consists of <laughs> about five or six main like umbrella sponsors, as I mentioned earlier. Um, it's on October 18th uh, at 1.30 p.m. in Tyson's Corner, which will have the, the governor, Governor uh Youngkin, as well as having a former Secretary Dan Briet, who is now going to be the head of EEI. Uh, Deputy Director Mark Menzies who now is the uh, President of the United States Energy Association. Um, yes. so we have a list of um, four great keynote speakers um, along with um, individuals from all different energy sectors and of course as you know Elena I'm a supporter of them all so I, I have uh, fossil based uh, you know, uh, speakers involved with this uh, And um, one being, I'm not sure if you know, uh, Anthony Livianos, who is based out of Houston. He has something called U.S. Energy Stream. and
0: uh, I'll have to look look him up. up. He's taken up
1: your place, actually, as an energy thought leader.
0: Uh, Oh, excellent. I'm so sorry I'm going to miss it. I know, I know, we wish you could have been there, but
1: but I understand. And um, so we have a great lineup. So I encourage your speakers to have a chance to go online and look. Uh, at the lineup and, and see how we're doing this. We have four great panels. The last panel is uh, ending with project financing because a lot of times these great energy projects we talk about, there's, there's, there's a gap and the gap is well how do you finance them or how do you go and get federal money if that's your route or a private sector. So we have Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Senior VP speaking. Uh, we have Gorham Sachs. Uh, J.P. Morgan. So we have the financial institutions that are going to be there speaking about the private side. But we also have the DOE uh, uh, speaking. And none of the former individual, the Ostabu office, Charlie Smith, who I believe you know as well, Elena. He's going to be speaking yeah. about yeah. the funding side. So we really have a great, comprehensive one-day, uh, mm-hmm. one I would say afternoon to late afternoon uh, summit. But it's it, the purpose of it is and it, is to really educate uh, and to inform. individuals the importance of energy and how important it is and how much they have to pay attention to policy and how policy affects not just our national security but the bottom line our pocketbooks and 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 how energy is it's a resource that we have to really take care of and to Grow and to uh, to do the right things uh, for the communities, but for also industry, and it's it's important for people to know and understand more. So these chambers are kind of hosting this event, but it's really based for a holistic approach to the greater education, the greater access and understanding of our energy industry, and to also put to bed or how to put to bed some of the issues that come up with a very diverse or uh, divisive. Uh, environment that that can exist around the production of energy and the concerns of of energy. Um, so we want to provide our audience with facts, realistic, uh, viable solutions, and just greater, broader education on energy.
0: So this will be in person. Will it also be in online be, as it well? It will be online as well. Okay, so. excellent. So, for people in the local Washington D.C. Um, area, it'll be at Tyson's Corner, right. um, and we can put a link in the show notes for um, for the event, and That'd we be can great. connect people that way. And that'll have information about the uh, about the online um, connection as well. Is that, that is correct. that that right? That's correct. Excellent, excellent. Oh, yeah, I, I'm i so sorry I'm going to miss it, and I appreciate the personal invitation that you sent. I will actually be in San Antonio for the Society of Petroleum Engineers annual technology and conference uh, uh, and exhibition. So uh, so I'm, it's kind of exciting to be there as well because that's core to my, that's my professional yeah. society, Society of Petroleum Engineers, and I'll be podcasting there as well, so so I'm going to be missing that. But I I'm, it was a wonderful, very in enlightening, enriching, and there was a lot of uh, conversation by the subject matter experts across the various energy forms with respect to energy security and how it underpins our national security in the United States and how important and special the whole energy arena is. It's you know, energy underpins our economy, and it's not just another set of, eco- of commodities any more than oxygen is just another gas, right? These are vital to the health of our of our country, and so um, I'm so happy that uh, you're representing Virginia there and that you're leading Virginia there, uh, but also that you're bringing together so many uh, national speakers. Uh, and then with respect to the financing, you're absolutely right. That's at the heart of now. I'm in the private sector. Yeah. That's at the heart of moving forward. And even though the Department of Energy has received like a trillion dollars for energy transition research, um, still putting those packages together and competing for those dollars. I mean, that's part of what my company does, and Energia Consulting is help people kind of package their proposals for um, uh, competing in that arena. Because it's so important to have that competition, because that's how you get the best yeah. ideas. And you don't know where the good ideas are going to come from, so you really want to have as uh, a great a competitive environment as possible. So, so that's a that's really exciting, and we hopefully we'll see some some advancements there. But that's it's an awful lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's great that you're bringing the private sector together for that, uh, for those opportunities as well. So, 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 James, we're almost at the end of our time. Are there any things you want to share? Anything else you want to share that you have? No, I had a chance. To I just talk welcome
1: about? anyone oh. who was uh, able to uh, make it out to Tyson's. Um, there are limited seating, so uh, if you are interested, please sign up sooner rather than later. Only because it's going to fit about no more than 350 people. And we fill with the governor and Dan Briette and others that are going to be speaking. These national folks that we'll get filled pretty fast. But if not, then online's an option. But no, this is importance on energy. I'm speaking to uh, energy experts here and people that understand and uh, I understand that. But it's I, I guess I would like to leave with the note that we have to we have to do an increased job of promoting and creating awareness to energy issues. And the importance and we had to weed through some of the propaganda or some negativity out there uh, especially in your field and understand what what um, oil and gas does for our country and uh, understanding that every year we're becoming cleaner and more efficient even in that industry you know in carbon capture Absolutely. carbon recycling which is kind of still a few years away but you know it's, it's in terms of being really mm-hmm. uh, uh, feasible or more efficient. But we're doing so much in in 10 to 15 years, who knows where we're gonna be? And this is a reliable uh, source of energy. So we have to be careful stewards, obviously, to the environment and to to our communities, but we have to be realistic and pragmatic and we have to be market-driven. and so we have to use all of our energy sources, you know, to make sure our country is always in a position of, of a have. I've lived in different countries, and I've seen the not-haves, not-haves in energy. And it's, it's you know, it's it night and day, literally, you know. Um, and we, I want us always to be a country, in the state of Virginia especially, but our, in our country, as, as a have. And to have reliable energy and cost-effective Uh, energy. Um, And I think that's really important that we do a better job, all of us, of explaining on how important of an issue that we're dealing with and how we have to take care of it and and not cause any disruptions unneeded in this area because it really affects all of us uh, from top to bottom. So that's I want to leave you with that and and also uh, just to say thank you to you Uh, To this podcast, and to say how honored I am to be here, and how honored I am to have this job that I have uh, through uh, Governor uh, Glenn Youngkin, and uh, and hope to see. I hope everyone here learns more about our governor and the the incredible things he's doing on energy and for the state, and you know, and beyond.
0: Well, absolutely, and with respect to um, oil and gas specifically. Um, yes, oil and gas underpins many other energy forms in the United States, making all of them possible. Um, And oil and gas production in the United States is the most environmentally sustainable in the world. There's no other country that spends as much time protecting the environment or has the laws and regulations with respect to environment protecting the environment um, that we have in the United States. Um, And that's not, you know, without, I mean, that's not by accident. It's, It's deliberate effort on the part of the government. And in just complying and providing those best practices and engaging in those practices that make all of that possible. So uh, when we think about importing oil and gas and think about importing oil, um, we have to think about the source of that and definitely the United States as a source of oil is um, the best place that we want to um, be able to source that that oil from and the accompanying gas if you will, which makes the LNG possible. (laughs) <laughs> the exports possible. So, Well, great. Well, um, James, um, thank you so much for being with us. James, thank you again for being with us today. James Compost, Virginia Deputy Secretary of Commerce and Trade. We so enjoyed having you today. Elena,
1: thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And thank everyone for listening. Uh, this is Elena Milker, your host for Oil & Gas Upstream. More next time. Join us again next week on the Oil & Gas Upstream podcast,
1: a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.